0: guys welcome into your weekend edition of the OBR film breakdown where you know we're doing on Saturdays We are going behind enemy lines and we're going to talk about the upcoming opponent which in this case is an opponent that the Browns don't run into all too often last time the Browns ran into the Falcons was 2018 so it's every four years and it means we're going to connect with a Falcons guest which I think we have a great one I've talked about this we had the preseason edition last year Miles where we introduced you to our audience I'm not sure if people remember it or not but uh in in the uh, ultimate ironic twist the person who i think is doing a great job covering the falcons is a name you're all familiar with miles garrett but he's an i in miles not a y he's the atlanta falcons producer and reporter for fox 5 atlanta miles thanks for joining us man
1: thanks for having me guys really appreciate it and uh prayers up to uh to the miles garrett with the browns really glad to see that he, he was okay after that car accident
0: yeah man pretty pretty tough stuff it looks uh looks like he's going to come out of it okay probably going to need some time away but but he'll come come through on the other side i know he appreciates all the support and 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 uh, you know people have been pretty great to him so um yeah we'll, we'll shift to your falcons so these guys uh, they're fun they got a lot of fun names we're going to talk about them uh, a one and two start but have been in all three games a real chance to be three and oh when you look at it so fill us in on how the uh, the team is give us a little state of the falcons three weeks into the year
1: yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, this team could very easily be three and zero, and at the very least two and one. I mean, that Saints game <laughs> it was, you know, just a flashback of things that have haunted the Falcons in the past with not being able to finish out games, but uh almost came back against the Rams and were finally able to to finish it out against the Seahawks. But yeah, it's a it's a very feisty team. I said this preseason that this team may not win as many games as they did last year, but they may be a better team just because the the strength of schedule and, and who, they've, who they've got this year as compared to last year. But so far the offense is completely different as it was last year. We're finally starting to see that, that Arthur Smith offense come into effect now that Matt Ryan is gone, uh, as good as Matt Ryan was for all his years with the Falcons. Arthur Smith's offense really kind of evolves around a mobile quarterback and Although Marcus Mariota isn't, you know, he probably isn't going to be that franchise guy for the Falcons. He is a very good bridge quarterback and knows Arthur Smith's system well enough to where he can operate it the way that Arthur Smith wants it to run. So you're seeing a lot more play action. You're seeing a lot more read plays where Mariota might hand it off. He might roll out on a play action. Um, and It's it's just a little bit different than we're used to seeing uh, last year, whereas Matt Ryan is, you know, more of the traditional pocket passer, doesn't really move a lot around in the pocket back there but yeah no it's 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 pretty interesting to see this offense finally come to fruition you see Cordell Patterson really hasn't lost a step from what he did last year everyone expected him to you know maybe it was a one-hit wonder type thing but it looks like he's picked up right where he's left off and maybe even be better now that they have some more weapons to surround him with this year compared to last year Drake London looks like a phenomenal wide receiver one so far I know it's only been three games but He's looking good. Uh, Kyle Pitts finally had a slight breakout game against the Seahawks. Now everyone's waiting for him to to score that elusive second touchdown uh, on U.S. soil. His first time, first one came in London. His only one came in London. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's been a really fun offense so far. It's kind of cool to see uh, what it was meant to be uh, this season so far.
0: Yeah, Arthur Smith came came obviously. If you guys have followed along, I've I've been a fan. I thought he did great things in Tennessee and. When he got the job, I did think it was just about finding the right quarterback for him. And I know Mariota's not the end game and they're looking down the line and maybe Desmond Ritter gets a little time. I I I think that's a fair question. Is there, you know, I think Mariota's playing well. I think Mariota's kind of always been a guy who's played fine, but he's always been a guy that teams have wanted to replace, get more production from that position. Is Ritter on the radar? Like, where does that sort of sit just three weeks into the year? you know
1: talking to arthur smith uh, at these press conferences it would seem that this is still mariota's team for the foreseeable future but i wouldn't venture out to say that we won't see desmond ritter coming uh, you know in any upcoming games uh, this season because you know you've seen some of those things that have caused marcus mariota to be benched in the past you know you see some of these these careless turnovers you know the the, the first game was a prime example of that against the saints where uh, they were driving inside the red zone. A touchdown basically seals the game for the Falcons. And instead of sliding, he fumbles near the five yard line. That was a big play. And then this past game against the Seahawks, uh, another moment where the Falcons were driving to potentially ice the game, and uh, he and, and the running back fumble the the handoff there. So just some just some moments like that where it's just careless moments. And then you even see a couple passes, like for instance to Kyle Pitts. There were at least, in my view, at least two touchdowns that were just missed throws by, by Marcus Mariota, whereas perhaps a better quarterback uh, could have hit those and, and it could have been touchdowns. So as you said, Marcus Mariota is good enough to win you some games. Is he good enough to get you to pull to the playoffs? I'm not quite sure. Even we interviewed Tony Gonzalez fairly recently. And uh, even he said rather bluntly that Marcus Mariota isn't the guy. Um, and uh, you know, he doesn't even know if Desmond Ritter is the guy. It's, it's too soon to tell for that at least. Uh, We'd certainly like to see what he has to offer the rookie before the Falcons potentially replace uh, him with someone else, whether that's the draft or free agency next year. Uh, But you got to see what Desmond Ritter can offer, I think, before you make a move at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, he's an interesting prospect. A lot of people who I really trust in draft analysis thought he was the best one in this class. So we'll see what shakes out. I think he's got some exciting tools and there were moments in the preseason that were uh, pretty good and you know some things that he would like to have back but that's the case man you can't play rookie quarterbacks and expect them not to make mistakes it's about them and being in an environment where you're comfortable with mistakes right and when you're early in the season uh, and you're trying to to push toward winning as many football games as you can because that's what Arthur Smith and this group is trying to do you kind of have to teeter that line of you know d- are you comfortable with a young guy making mistakes so we'll see if the if the season pushes in that direction where they give him an opportunity, because I think he's exciting. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, uh, we're going to dig into the rest of the offense and then, uh, you know, talk about this resurgence, this, this running back, this, this second legs that the Cordero Patterson has. We'll be right back.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
0: No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250 k in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, Even those over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code, which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code, OBR Okay, so Cordero Patterson's one of the most fascinating football players ever. He might even be a Hall of Famer. I think he is. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean I, th- I think he's a Hall of Fame. It's it's bizarre. It's like the quietest Hall of Fame career we've maybe ever seen. And he's just like always been a gadget guy, a wide receiver, a fantastic kick returner. Now he's he's really good as a running back in this scheme. So talk about Patterson. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, I know you mentioned Kyle Pitts and Drake London already. We think those guys are going to be, you know, they are already really good. I think they're going places, but talk about other skill guys, who else fills out the wide receiver room and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, it, it really is truly baffling that it took 10 years. till Cordell Patterson was 30 years old, uh, to actually figure out how to use him. Uh, it, it's funny. Some people in Atlanta have I've started to call him uh, Atlanta's version of Derrick Henry just because he's he's so big, uh, you know, not quite as big as Derrick Henry, of course, and I'm not, you know, making that comparison, but just the size, the, the the way they run upright like that, and hey, look at the Falcons right now, fifth in the NFL on the rushing attack. I don't think anyone saw that coming with, uh, especially with how the offensive line was last season. But you know, here we are. You got Tyler Algier, the rookie, backing him up now, and he's had his moments. Um, I was expecting him to get a little bit more carries as the season. Uh, rolls on but uh, the rushing attack has been fairly good I think that's that's uh, a product of the play action and the other weapons that you have now you look at last year Calvin Ridley was out for a majority of the season and you had Olamide Zacchaeus as your wide receiver one Uh, I mean I think on a good day Alameda Zacchaeus is at best at best a wide receiver two and I don't think most teams want him as a wide receiver two I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver three uh but when he's your wide receiver one, that creates a lot of problems. Right now he's back to that number three spot because you have Drake London, number one. You have uh Brian Edwards, although he's been kind of quiet uh at that wide receiver two spot. He was uh, inactive this past game. Um uh, but you have Alameday Zacchaeus, Cadero Hodge. There's a lot more options now that you can throw to. Uh I myself am still waiting to see Jared Bernhardt. He did fantastic in the preseason. He was arguably the preseason MVP. Uh, the former lacrosse player in college, but uh, we haven't seen him yet. Demir Bird as well is another guy that I, I've has been rather quiet, but uh, yeah, that whole room has completely transformed and uh, you're finally seeing, you know, especially with guys like Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts. I know everyone knows about Kyle Pitts, but it's one of those, both of those players, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are guys that you can, basically throw the ball in the vicinity and they can come down with the catch. They're, they're just difference makers just because of their size, their speed, what they can bring to the table. Whereas guys like Alameda Zaccheaus and even Calvin Ridley, you know, a former pro bowler c- couldn't necessarily do. Ridley's more of that, that route runner type. Whereas Kyle Pitts and Drake London are more of those jump ball, you know, you versus me, I'm probably going to win it 75% of the time type players. So again, that receiver room has completely transformed. And as you were saying, I think it's opened up a lot of doors for Cordell Patterson to to have a bigger impact on this offense at the, the running back position.
0: Yeah, it seems like the offensive line's been pretty strong too. I think there's there's a consensus that it was going to be a concern. And may, maybe it has. Maybe I'm uh, getting a little ahead of myself. But fill us in on, on how most of these guys are playing along the line. I, I think it's going to be Cleveland's defensive line is not very good. Uh, especially if they're well, I mean, if they're missing Miles and Clowney, which it's trending in that direction, it's a rough group. But um, I'm just curious how how this O line's playing up front and and sort of what they're doing in both phases.
1: Yeah, as you said, they've they played a lot better than expected coming into this season. The only sure things on that offensive line was Chris Lindstrom and Jake Matthews. I mean, we it was funny we would interview Arthur Smith in, in the preseason, and even he would say the same thing that the only two penciled in starters there were Chris Lindstrom and Jake Matthews. So there was a lot of question marks there, especially bringing in guys like Elijah Wilkinson to compete with uh, Jalen Mayfield, who was one of the worst offensive linemen in football last year, which was, you know, I I don't put too much blame on him. He was a rookie, wasn't necessarily supposed to start because of, uh, but he was forced into it because of injury. Um, Then you have the center issues with Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy. That's been kind of a back and forth thing. Last year it was Matt Hennessy. This year, that position wasn't even decided until basically the first game when Drew Dahlman got it. So Drew Dahlman hasn't exactly blown anybody away at that center position. Uh, He's probably the weakest link uh, on that offensive line currently. Um, I I imagine the Falcons might be a little busy this offseason looking for potentially a new center. We'll see. Um, Again, we're still very early in the season. We could see different things progress uh, on the offensive line. But Caleb McGarry has also taken some some better steps uh, he's he's in a uh, contract year potentially didn't pick the Falcons and pick up his option so he he's one of those guys that could be playing for his job right now and, and we're seeing it a little bit but yeah again I, I think the offensive line has been playing better but also as we stated earlier i think it's also a product of having a mobile quarterback back there who you know won't just sit in the pocket and 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 look wait for his receivers to get open you have Marcus Mariota, who's able to move around a little bit to potentially avoid some sacks so you know who knows how many more sacks would would be happening right now if Matt Ryan was still back there? Because you know he, as many people know, Matt Ryan doesn't move very well, so uh, it, it could be a difference in in how the quarterback is playing as well.
0: Yeah, it's I just th- it's just it's a fun offense to watch. I think they do a lot of things that I really enjoy. It's different than Cleveland's, although it has the same root to to the structure, the wide zone stuff that they like to do. It's just it's different. Cleveland's gotten a little bit more gap heavy, but. They're um they're interesting and they're fun. And I think they do a lot of of, of fun wrinkles right now. And from a, f- a perspective of Brown's defense matching up here, it's a concerning matchup. It's a concerning one. So it might end up being a shootout. And if it ends up being a shootout, we got to talk about the Falcons defense, which we'll do right after this quick break. So AFC North fans are familiar with Dean Pease. Defensive coordinator was with the Ravens uh, 12 to 17, I think. So he's been around the the division in Cleveland um he's he went to Tennessee obviously that's the connection that that was made and uh goes to Atlanta down there with with Arthur Smith so talk about DMP's defense what's going on up front I mean it's led by Grady Jarrett who is playing as good a football as he's ever played and man it's going to be must watch TV against Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller so fill us in on how the front's playing
1: yeah, I think a lot of Falcons fans would, would like to see a little bit more improvement with the defense. Uh, and, and it's funny because the first three quarters of the Saints game week one, it looked like they had taken so many strides from last year. And this was an off season where, you know, Dean Pease had a very memorable quote talking, you know, he was, it was a very colorful uh, response when asked about the defense talking about, you know, he's tired of hearing about how the Falcons are, you know, bottom of the league and. In sacks this that and the other how oh, they're they're tired of being talked about near the bottom and you know the only way you 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 get rid of that narrative is is getting results this team only had 18 sacks last year uh but in that first game they had four so you know you're already almost there after just one week but again you saw that similar collapse that the Falcons usually have in this fourth quarter and then you know against the Rams they let up a lot of points are again it's it's the defending Super Bowl champ, so you take that with a grain of salt but also with Seattle, you saw some some issues there um, as well. Again, they finished that time, so that was an improvement and something good to see. But it, it's, it's taking a little bit to maybe put this all together. There are some pieces here that were not impact players at all last year and are taking strides. The biggest one for me is safety Richie Grant. Uh, he's entering his second year with the team. Last year, he barely played at all. This year, he's a starter. Uh, he had some trouble getting acquainted to the system last year. It was almost like a redshirt year of sorts for him. Uh, but this year, he's been very good. Preseason, he started off hot. Uh, he had the game-sealing interception against the Seahawks uh, this past week. Uh, so he's been a great addition to the secondary. Um, definitely an improvement for sure. Um, and then you have guys like some new additions, like Lorenzo Carter, who's been able to get to the quarterback. That's what they brought him in here for. He's a local guy from Georgia. Um, and, and just to get some kind of pressure on the quarterback. It's been such an issue for the Falcons for so long, just not able to get to the quarterback. It's basically been the case since John Abraham was here all those years ago. Uh, Vic Beasley, I know he had that one season, but uh, I, I think a lot of Falcons fans count Vic Beasley as a mulligan uh, because he only had that one year. But yeah, outside of Grady Jarrett, uh, they're, they're still looking for some improvements. taquan Graham has been a pleasant surprise next to Grady Jarrett. Um, he's been a guy uh, who re- really wasn't an impact player last season, but has kind of come into his own. He's sort of become that role that the Falcons expected Marlon Davidson to be. Uh, Marlon Davidson's on the injured reserve right now, but he has been somewhat of a disappointment there. Uh, Take on Graham has made some strides, so uh, I would classify it as a work in progress. Um, they've had some moments this season that they didn't have last year, so that's certainly uh, good to see for the Falcons. Um, it's just really a matter of putting it all together and at the end of the day, they still do need a little bit more talent there uh, as a complete unit. Uh, because as you said, Grady Jarrett and and really AJ Terrell, AJ Terrell not hasn't been quite as good as he has last year, but he's still been very good um, as sort of the anchors of that defense. So uh, yeah, definitely a little bit more talent needed on that side.
0: Yeah. You talked a little bit about Terrell, Richie Grant. Those are, you know, faces of the future in that secondary Casey Hayward starts at the other corner. I think Mike Ford gets a lot of slot snaps. So, you know, hit on up front. They they drafted some second-round guys, Arnold Ebicchetti and Troy Anderson. Are those guys seeing any time? Is I think it's Michael Walker, Rashawn Evans, as Deion Jones is out at uh, the linebacker group. So I was curious sort of uh, what that linebacker unit looks like.
1: Yeah, Arnold Ebicchetti has been a, a very pleasant surprise so far. He performed very well in the preseason. Um, In the last few games, he's always been around the play. I I, I think he hasn't quite made, uh, you know, the impact you see on the stat sheet, you know, where he's sacking the quarterback or making tackles and whatnot. But he is... If you watch closely, he is involved in a lot of the plays. So he's been very good um, so far as a rookie. I don't think you can ask for much more than what he's done so far. Troy Anderson, a bit of, little bit of a project, um, you know, the guy from Montana. Um, he has all the intangibles. He's ginormous. He can run like a deer. I believe he was the fastest linebacker uh, coming out of this draft. Um, so they put him in some spot duty. Uh, he had a big moment against the Rams where he blocked the punt at the very end to put the Falcons in position to potentially come back. Um, and he and again he he actually started this past weekend against Seattle, so perhaps that's a sign of things to come. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to to start that soon in the season, but maybe he's making some strides in practice that we haven't seen quite yet. They're still experimenting a bit on that side. Michael Walker has still been very good. Um, he's almost like a. I hate to use the analogy, but he, he is kind of similar to how Deion Jones played uh, when he was in his prime back in you know 2016 2017 when he was one of the best linebackers in the league. I think a lot of people are questioning what happened to Deion Jones, but Michael Walker is is sort of that similar build, uh, you know, that fast, physical type linebacker who can move around the field. Um, but uh, yeah, I, as you said, it's a it's a very strong unit for the Falcons. Ade Ogundeji is another guy to watch uh, in his second year out of Notre Dame. He's looked very good so far. He did very well his rookie year, and uh, he's he's continuing that progression in year two.
0: Yeah, I know that the rush statistics haven't been very strong for, for this defense, and I know Cleveland presents one of the more unique run game challenges for anybody in the league. Maybe the most unique period that doesn't involve a quarterback for now until maybe Deshaun Watson gets involved later in the year, but right now it's all... A bunch of varied run schemes and they're going to put a bunch of <laughs> tight ends and offensive linemen they've run 6-0 linemen a lot so it, how they handle Cleveland's run stuff will be again appointment television uh, especially how the Browns handle Grady Jarrett so listen I don't I don't uh I don't ask people to make predictions but I just kind of how are you feeling going into this one do you have a vibe of which way this one goes
1: it, it's so hard to tell because the Falcons have been so hot and cold and I've watched a good bit of the Browns this season, and, and I feel like they're sort of similar. And it, it is, you know, it, it's hard to tell with the defense with Miles Garrett and, and potentially Jadavian Clowney both out on that defensive line. Uh, it may be trouble, I will say, for the Falcons to contain Nick Chubb uh, just because of how good he is um, and the Falcons against the Rush this season. Uh, it, it, Jacoby Brissett, I feel like... He, as a Browns person, you probably can speak more to this than I can, but I feel like it's it's one of those things where he could have a good day, he could have a sort of a midday, day, depending on what the the situation looks like. So, yeah. on paper right now, I say it's a fairly even matchup. Um, I'm going to give the edge to the Browns in this one just because of their rushing attack, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Falcons very much in this game.
0: Miles Garrett giving an edge to the Browns. I see what you did there. I I like that a lot and uh, our fans will appreciate that. Miles, man, thanks so much for, you know, jumping on, taking time out of your Friday here to record this with us and, and uh, providing insights. So all the best to you this year, man. We really appreciate uh, all of this and um, hopefully we'll be checking in with you at some point in the near future again. Hoping
1: so. Thanks for having me back on.
0: All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks to Miles for coming on the show. Uh, appreciate uh, everything he does there, taking time. And you guys for checking out the show. Great week of shows. Hopefully you enjoyed them. Uh, continue to check out the OBR's lead up to the game coverage where we have you covered from the pre, post, and end game on playback. We'll uh, do a live watch party as we always do. So make sure you check out that. And um, check out the, the game day pod with Brad Ward. That'll be it for you tomorrow morning. So have a great Saturday, everybody. Go Browns.